Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Neutral Game. Uh, this is your fighting game newbie-friendly podcast. I am Colin Detmar from Scanline Media. And I'm Mirko Kovacevic, uh, aka Real Soviet Bear. Uh, and this month we uh, are checking out a uh, new fight, well, relatively new fighting game uh, up on Steam Early Access. It is called Fantasy Strike. It is from the mind of uh, noted game developer David Serlin. Uh, do you have do you have a lot of history with uh, David Serlin's work, Mia? Um, I know he worked on a iteration of Street Fighter. I think it was Street Fighter HD, and mm-hmm. I know he uh, wrote a pretty decent article called uh, "Playing to Win," and also a book. I think it was called the same name, but I'm most familiar with the article. Yeah, I uh, I played um, Chess Two, which is another creation of his, um, which was a basically a redesigned asymmetric uh, version of chess, um, with like you you sort of picked a chess army at the beginning, and there were various options. That game was actually really fun, um, and so I was I was kind of curious to see. Um, I had never actually played one of his fighting games. Um, and yeah, as, as we as we mentioned, this game is early access. Um, the developers have said that the gameplay is fairly representative of what it's going to be at the end. They're they're pretty close on that front, but things like like visuals and features are are much less final. Yeah, basically optimization, visuals, um, voice acting, general stuff like that, netcode. Uh, that's all work in progress, but they did say that the balance and gameplay is pretty close to final where they want it to be. Yeah, and and I think we can vouch for, like, sometimes people say, like, stuff is not final, and then, like, it comes out and almost nothing has changed. Like, in the course of our playing it over, you know, like, like a two weeks or something, uh, we saw the netcode improve. Yes. So, yes. it's it's definitely, they're definitely doing work. But, yeah, we're also not just covering because it's made by the Reserlin, we're also covering it because it's a game aimed at beginner fine game players, so it felt like something we should look into. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're we're all about that, you know, trying to trying to make fighting games a, a more friendly and inviting place to new people, and so it seemed like this is the kind of thing we should be talking about. So, the the basic um, the basic kind of like premise of Fantasy Strike, like why it's newbie friendly. Um, I I've seen like their I think it was Kickstarter and the Gogo campaign where they kind of placed themselves something between Dive Kick and um a serious fighting game like Street Fighter. So they were like, oh we're like more serious than Dive Kick. So the idea was to make simplified inputs because the premise is this is what people struggle with the most actually inputting the moves. Yeah. And um so along that front I think it has it has a lot of uh successes actually as far as as far as its concept. Um when I first saw some of its stuff I was I was immediately like I was pretty skeptical, and part of that's just unfair bias based on it being early access and its art style and stuff, right? I don't think it's a it's a particularly pretty game. It looks like something like Street Fighter Street Fighter Four approach to visuals, but also very World of Warcraft influenced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it looks it looks kind of 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 messy, but you know, once once you actually get your hands on it, there are some things in it that I think are are fairly good. Um, I will say the inputs are are pretty straightforward and intuitive. Um, I don't love the default setup on the keyboard. Um, there are things like by default they turn off up to jump, 
And maybe that's just a thing where if you're used to fighting games, that's a problem. But I found it really unintuitive um, and ended up having to turn it back on. Yeah, um, I, I feel like that's assuming that nobody has ever touched a fighting game. So they, like, you know, in, in platformers, you have a button to jump. You don't have up to jump. That's mostly a fighting game mm-hmm. thing, to be honest. Um, yeah. So, because usually the other games you'll have is either a platformer or a run and gun, and in those cases, up is something completely different. So I can get where they're coming from that assumption, but it's not a hard concept to grasp, and I feel like the default should have just been, oh, you can either press the button to jump or press up to jump. Like, both work. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, And also, since, like, one of the reasons you would want to turn off up to jump in a fighting game is because of certain inputs, like a 360 motion, that, that if you're not used to them, would make you jump during them while inputting them. Yeah. And since that's not a concept in this game, it doesn't necessarily seem like there's much of a reason to take away up to jump. Yeah. Uh, so just quickly go over how the inputs go in this game. Um, there's no crouching. Um, everybody stands. So you press back to block. Um, you have four buttons. You have uh, like a basic normal attack. Uh, you have a special one and a special two. And then you have a super input move. And how this works is you just press the button and your character does the thing. And each character has different moves tied to a button depending on whether they're on the ground or in the air. So essentially everybody has like two supers, four specials, and a few normals. I think the normals kind of work. Like I think there are some like forward plus normal attacks. I'm not sure, but yeah. Yeah, there definitely are. Yeah. Yeah. So the the normals actually feel the most like a normal fighting game. Like there are, there are a decent variety of of normals based on directions and stuff. So yeah. So so in that regard, you you can generally uh, bypass the pretzel motions and just go, oh, I didn't mean to do that, or oh, the move I wanted didn't come out. Um, in most cases, it's fairly straightforward, and I'm I'm kind of okay with that. I do think that fighting game inputs are a bit over the top. Um, and this is basic, this is as basic as you can actually get in a fighting game without, you know, just not, like, not having special moves, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't, like, I did have some instances of not getting the move I wanted, but that was just because of, like, having my hand in a weird position on the keyboard and just like, oh, I hit the wrong key. Like, that's just purely on me, so... Otherwise, it was a pretty direct line from intent to result, which which was a good feeling, you know. Yeah, I was. You were the only one playing on keyboard. I was playing on the uh, gamepad, and it, it seemed to work better on gamepad than keyboard, to be honest. Mm-hmm. From the looks of it. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was the control alignment was such. A, so there are basically, um, other than directions, there are like five buttons to hit by default. There's the jump. There's normal attacks, the two specials, and then throw. Um, and since I never used uh, jump, I just shifted my my fingers a little bit to the right to just have them on, you know, the attack buttons. And then there's throw. But the throw button is positioned right above jump. It's I. And it's otherwise it's like J, K, L, semicolon. And so I just kept missing it because it was a weird, it was a weird angle to reach for. Um, I should have reconfigured it. Yeah, it worked okay. Uh, I'd say the throw was the weirdest uh, 
and put in the entire game because of the way it worked. But they, I think they updated it, like, during our play sessions. So when you first try it, um, I, I guess we should just go over how throw works. Like, in, in this game, the concept is, if you don't press any button, so that includes directional buttons, like back and forward to block. If you press nothing and somebody tries to throw you, you perform a Yomi counter. Uh, which is basically the game's tech throw. So you punish the opponent for trying to throw you. And we kind of assumed the premise of that was, oh, okay, you know, a set, like a kind of common thing in fighting games is for newbies to just end up being thrown over and over because they don't know how to tech or how to time their thing. But what ended up being with us was because we know how to tech throws in general in fighting games. It ended up being an issue of, we would both press throw because we both wanted to throw at an opportune moment. And then only one of us would get the throw and one of us would get the counter. So it would be mm-hmm. this weird situation of I get punished for making a correct read and I should have just done nothing. But it's kind of this weird game of chicken where, well, the person who hesitated wins. But they kind of fixed that in an update. At least it feels like they fixed it because we started getting more of those counters be- even though we both press throw at the same time. Yeah, so I think they I think they changed that. It's it's one of those things where it seems like on paper it makes sense. It's like, oh no, you you take the ultimate risk by just like taking your taking your hands off the controls and sort of trusting that you're right about your read and you're rewarded with this counter because it's not like a normal tech throw where it's just like, oh okay, the throw is negated. You actually throw them back and for some characters you throw them back harder. Yeah. You do more damage. Um so it's it's good. Um but the thing is in practice it's not actually intuitive. I think even if you're not a fighting game person if if you are in expecting a throw, if you're expecting your opponent to walk up and do something to you, it's just like basic human psychology that your your instinct is to try and do something. Yeah. To do nothing actually just is against how your brain wants to work. Yeah, um, yeah, like, like it just feels bad. Yeah, just like dropping everything and just hoping you're right is very weird, and it le- and lends itself to these weird moments where, like, and sometimes in fighting games, you know, you'll have the standoff where people where both opponents aren't really sure what the other is doing, so they'll just stare at each other for a second, and that's kind of like okay, like that that's tense, but then this kind of relegates itself to oh, you'll go forward and then everybody will stare at each other like close range because. You know, some of them might be trying to do a Yomi counter. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that regard, it's weird. But they made it so that, like, you can... I at least I'll get the impression is uh, maybe I'm wrong or maybe we just lucked out or something in the netcode uh, rolled back. But it felt like we were both getting counters when we were pressing throw. So if that indeed mm-hmm. is the change, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, by by the end, it felt good. And, and maybe, yeah, as you say, maybe there was some, some reason that actually that was happening that we weren't aware of. But it seemed like they added normal game, normal fighting game teching, and that was a, a good idea. Yeah. It does make me wonder how they decide in that instance who is the teker and who is the thrower, but I guess it's just, you know, delay. Yeah. I mean, again, it might be that we were, we were just wrong and it was just some weird latency, but... In that case, hey, it feels better if they did make it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for that for that session, I will say that mechanic felt good. Yeah. So. And speaking of good, it also performed pretty well, I would say, in a technical sense. 
Yeah, so we were playing this on uh, stream this week, um, and before that we also had one session, but that previous session was um, a lot of disconnects, disconnects, desyncs, and just weird technical issues. Uh, but they released a big patch, including a new character in the meantime, and it was far more pleasant to play. We, I don't recall us having any like lag issues or unresponsiveness or anything. Like maybe like a, yeah, maybe like one or two instances of rollback netcode, but that's about it. Yeah, and like to to reiterate for anyone who doesn't know, uh, like we're not we're not next door neighbors. This this connection is from Stockholm to Los Angeles. Um, we're pushing it pretty hard. And and for it to hold up is pretty impressive. Yeah, if we can have like good lagless matches, then that's a pretty good testament to the game in question. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that was was an impressive, uh, it was actually another one of the changes that they made is in our first session. Um, there's no dashing in the game. There's only walking, and the result of of how everything was tuned, the game felt really like sluggish to us. Um, it just felt like movement was was kind of a chore, and it took too long to get anywhere, and it just felt bogged down. Um, and then before we play the next time, they patched uh, to increase walk speed by, I believe, twenty five percent. Yep. And it made the game just feel so much better. Uh, movement actually now feels feels pretty good. You're able to do some some classic like Street Fighter shimmies, and it's a it's a good feeling. Yeah, it, it definitely plays much better than the the first time we tried it. But I, it has so. This is basically the the good things we have to say about the game. Like, but we still. When I played this, I played this during the you know December month of fighting games, and I had like very negative impressions. And then we played it off stream. I still had negative impressions, and then we did on stream again, and mm-hmm. it was slightly better. Like the fixes did help, but I still not entirely sold on it. Um, but I guess we should probably go over why. Yeah. Um, one of the things is, I feel like, and this is sort of big picture, is its idea of what is hard to approach about fighting games, I just think is, is fundamentally flawed, right? Yeah. And a big part of that is, yeah, system overload. The game, the game has actually quite a lot going on for such a, you know, a claim to be simple game yeah there's this idea that um inputs are the biggest barrier uh to fighting games like if you know if you if you're trying to get into fighting games then your biggest hurdle is throwing up you know a fireball or sure you can or god god forbid like you know half circle motions and things like that and i can kind of understand the idea of hey if we make inputs simpler but keep all the other complexities about it um, it'll work because, lo and behold, MOBAs are one of the most popular games and they have God knows how many variables and things to keep in mind. But I don't necessarily think that applies directly to fighting games. I don't necessarily think that input is the only barrier you have uh, for a newcomer. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff going on, like how you handle health, how you handle special abilities, all sorts of small little details. Yeah, so like the the health bar system, um, there are there are two things about it, right? One is that it's uh, segmented, um, so like health is not this 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 bar that represents like a number of like five thousand health, and then your attack does four sixty three, and that's removed. But you just sort of see the bar move; you don't see the numbers. 
Um, it's segmented into chunks where, like, one damage is one chunk, and a lot of characters have five or six chunks, and then some people have, like, up to eight or something, I th- right? I think it's, like, six is the default um, for zoners, five is the default for rushers, and I think nine is the default for grapplers. It might vary per character, mm. but that's, like, the general gist of it. Grapplers have the most health, then zoners and wild cards, and then rushers have five health each. Yeah, and and that system actually ends up, I think there are, are two problems with it. One is it starts to feel too much like, just like the the cold math, right? Of just sort of like, well, I've got, you know, they've got three segments up on me, like this is done or whatever, right? It starts to feel a, a lot more concrete in terms of like being demoralizing and stuff. Whereas like in a fighting in a in a regular fighting game with regular health bars, the bar is just the bar, and you never know how many hits it's going to take to end you. So you never know how much longer you've got, it's, to an extent. Yeah, I think it's problematic because you're you're replacing one abstract system with another abstract system. Because if this was you know like I don't know Magic the Gathering style points, you know one damage equals one health bar loss, I'd be fine with that because then you would correlate. Okay, one hit is one damage. So I can take five hits, I can take nine hits before I'm dead. If it was something like that, I might be able to get behind it. But the issue happens uh, with there being combos for characters that don't necessarily correlate to the damage they deal. So they will, like, hit you several times. Like, they'll hit you, like, three times and only take away one bar because the move they did was a two-hit move, for example. Mm -hmm. So it's not even, like... How many times you hit is how many times you take away someone's health. And then there's also, like, if you're blocking, uh, instead of having chip damage, uh, how it works is if you block too many hits, your health, your health segment starts glowing red, and then eventually it'll just, like, you'll lose that segment after, like, a blo- I don't know if a block break happens, I just know, like, eventually you just lose it if you block enough. And mm-hmm. it gets really weird because you have, like, like your main focus should be the things that are on the screen. And then when you're looking at the health bar, you know, like, whereabouts your health is. And, like, on a standard health bar. You don't really care the specifics. You don't really care if there's, like, a relevant uh, point where, like, it's important how much health you have. Like, for example, in Blaze Blue, when somebody needs to have uh, 25% or less health so you can do an astral on them. That's indicated on the health bar with a glow. They're like assisting UI elements. But in general, you don't care how much health you have. Eventually, you'll know how many hits you can take. Uh, you'll understand how many, uh, how much damage you can do. Um, it's just like this thing you pick up slowly because you don't want the player to be now thinking, oh, I only have two health, oh, I only have three health. And that's kind of what this does. It gives you this transparent information and it just makes you think, oh god, I have this much health rather than letting them focus on the screen you end up looking at the health bar a lot more than you do in a normal fighting game yeah because it's it's presentable information but because it's on top it takes you away from um the action of the screen it's kind of like how comparatively the super meter because it doesn't have because you only care whether it's full or not and because it passively fills and then when it's full it kind of glows you never look at that like there's no reason to look at the super meter because when it's full, you'll know. Like, it'll draw your attention away. But because there's, like, very direct 
transparent information of the health bar, you're just drawn to keep looking at it over and over. And also, like, the information can be, like, so we talked about, like, when you're in range for an astral finish in Blaze Blue, your health bar flashes. So you see out of the corner of your eye, like, okay, my health bar's flashing, I'm in range for an astral. Um, with this, with the chip system, it's sort of your, your, the health segment that is being chipped, like, flashes gently, and then flashes a little bit faster, and then I think there's one more state of it flashing, and then it's gone. Yeah, I think but so. But basically, like it's the same effect, just it's how fast it's flashing. So you can't see out of the corner of my eye, oh, it's flashing, I'm being chipped. You have to then sort of stare at it and be like, okay, how fast is it flashing? And it's just it's just more time of you staring at the UI instead of the game. Yeah, and it has this weird thing of, like, if it's flashing and you, like, hit someone, does that, like, the flashing doesn't carry over and it's just, like, things you have to figure out on your own, like how the rules of it work, and then there's other stuff like a character that has a poison effect and then that turns your segments purple and you're not really sure what that does. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on there and it just... Mm -hmm. It feels like the health bar is busier than it should be. It feels like it's trying to make you concerned over something that takes you away from actually focusing on the combat. Mm -hmm. And then also there are... um, I'm almost tempted to say Blaze Blue style... Uh, like extra bars for a lot of characters. Yeah. Um, so, so this is the best way I can explain this. I think this, those special bars on not just like super meter bars, but like like whether you can do a projectile bar. I feel like a lot of these things in the game are ways to balance characters that fundamentally clash or take advantage of the concept of the game. So, for example. Um, like you have the guy that throws a cloud and he has a cloud meter. Is that the projectile one? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then that recharges when you shoot. So you wouldn't shoot several projectiles in a row. Um, and then the guy gets weird, like, okay, because it's a one button projectile and we don't want him to abuse that. So we're putting a limit on how much he can actually spam the projectile. Um, Uh and that's not for all characters. I think only two characters have the projectile bar um but it it gets a bit weird like it's how can i say it? it's basically them trying to fit in other character archetypes from other games into this but actually just directly plugging them in rather than finding whatever their game's equivalent of that would be yeah and i think we'll we'll talk more about that idea yeah in, in a minute here yeah. but yeah, it's it's not like it's not that overwhelming. It's just kind of a little in a game that's trying to be simple. It seems like it's a little bit more than is necessary. It doesn't really feel like the meters for most characters. It doesn't feel like the meters are particularly necessary. Like the the guy who throws the clouds. Like yeah, a lot of fighting games have a concept of you can only have one fireball out at a time, and that's effectively what it ends up being. It doesn't really seem necessary. Yeah. So. And then there's the uh, the jumpable slash cross up uh, like comic book text text that pops up sometimes, right? Yeah, that's. I don't know how to feel about that because uh, someone who was watching the stream told us that that was added because people didn't understand it. Um, and I don't. I feel like that's a very rough patch for something that the game isn't like doing properly. So. Just to give you an example, so the cross-up is basically telling you when you've crossed up 
well, when you've been hit because of a cross-up. So because, like, oh, you hit because somebody forced you to block in the wrong direction. Um, but the jumpable notification is when you're command thrown, the Yomi counter, which is the throw counter by pressing nothing, uh, doesn't work. You have to jump against command throws. So it's like only regular throws are countered by doing nothing, but command throws, they have to be jumped out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, okay, yeah, that's how it usually works in fighting games, right? Because like that's how command right. throws works work. But then, you know, on the other hand, I think, well, if this is like a complicated concept, like for people to tell apart what's a command throw and what's a regular throw, that you have to actually yell at them, hey, you should have jumped then maybe that is one of the complex things of fighting games that you should have simplified. Yeah. I mean, I on the other hand, like, the point of a... Like, I feel like a grappler character... Like, it, at least, th- you're thinking in normal fighting game terms. A grappler character whose, thro- whose command throws you could tech would be a useless garbage character. Yes. Um, And they're pretty close to useless and garbage in most games anyway. Um, it's It's pretty hard, it seems, to make an effective grappler. Um, so, like, I, I appreciate, like, I, I didn't ever feel like the grapplers were, like, OP. They certainly had an ability to just stomp people real fast, which is actually, that's something I meant to mention with health bar segments. Um, the rounds can end really fast, which is kind of a good thing and kind of a bad thing. Uh, most people have so little health that once, once, uh, uh, the other player has, like, a decent grasp on your character, like, they can do meterless 60-70% combos. And it's just, like, it's nice that we get back into the next round real fast and we have another chance at this, but it also kind of feels like a round is sometimes just one mix-up and that's it. And that's really unsatisfying to me. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of torn because I do think that short rounds are more beginner friendly because that means it's a shorter sprint for you to um cover because if you if somebody sure. has a health advantage then like if you know you can take them out in like two good decisions then it's less demoralizing than when you know you're playing a game with a lot of health and a lot of combo hits yeah, but I also think that sort of takes away the some of the joy of a comeback and also the narrative of a round, you know? Um, yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, it definitely has its uh, advantages and disadvantages. I, I will say is I do think it is a more beginner-friendly approach, but I also know that at higher levels it may or may not be as satisfying. Like, if you look at... I guess, like, for... For something like uh, short rounds to be exciting on high-level play, you would need to have a lot of good defensive options because then two players would probably be at it for quite a good while before somebody makes the, the good decision and gets someone in one combo. But this game doesn't do that. This game is essentially simple Street Fighter with low health bars. So that's why I don't think, like, this one would be you wouldn't have those standoffs you usually get in low in low health fighting games like you know like Bushido Blade. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, going back to the jump a uh, jumpable slash crossable uh, text, um, I don't necessarily have too much of a problem with it personally. I feel like I don't know it's it's sort of seems like a necessary evil to me if you want to have some of the more interesting concepts of fighting games in there. 
the only thing I will I will note is that um, again that patch in between our sessions uh, fixed a thing I was going to bring up in our first session of play the jumpable text for command throws would appear even when, in fact, you could not have possibly jumped. Like when someone uses a command throw to punish you for an action or as you're landing, jumpable would come up. And they patch that. That doesn't seem to happen now. If something, if you couldn't have input a jump, it doesn't say jumpable, yeah. which is good. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm sure they've tried various options and ideas on how to make it transparent, like when you should jump and when you shouldn't, but I just feel like um, the solution is basically giving up on something that is perceived as a problem for beginner players in a game that's trying to market itself to beginner players. You know, it's kind of like, oh well, we yeah. don't know. Like, we either don't want or don't know how to fix this. Because on, on the other hand, I would just, I, I they probably tested, you know, a hey, if we do command throws, uh, to act as regular throws, how would that play? Like, they probably tested that. I would be surprised if they didn't. And they probably decided yeah. it wasn't fun. But on the other hand, it also have to take in, in, into account that in most fighting games, a command throw is either a 360 move or a, a half circle forward plus button move. It's like a it's a fairly complex move in a lot of games. Um, mm-hmm. But in this game, it is a single button press. So inherently, just by yeah. virtue of that, it's stronger than in most games. Yeah, I was playing as uh, Rook, who is a command thro- who is a grappler with a bunch of uh, health, and then he's got armor on his command throw. And I got away with a lot of wins in a row by just hitting command throw as you were coming into land, and it's kind of like you had no options there. If you if you just did an empty jump, you were going to get command thrown. If you did, tried to hit me with uh, normal, it would get absorbed by armor, and you would get command thrown. And it just felt like a situation where you had no options. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like like they should have just if, if it's easier to do command throws, they should have just made it easier to get out of them rather than this. But that's just my personal take on it. Yeah, and then also they put in a lot of uh, like special states indicated by like blinking colors on your character that we still didn't really get the full hang of by the end. Yeah, so. There were a few weird things, like, if a character is going glowing blue, that's armor. Mm-hmm. If they're glowing green, that means they are currently parrying, so if somebody hits them, they, you know, parry. Um, then there was the white glow, which was, I believe, in vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And then there was uh, that character-specific parryable no auto throw state yeah that's right the the yellow yeah, that glow one was, that one was weird it's sort of like this character had a parry and if they landed the parry then after that they glowed yellow and it meant that for a little bit of time while they were glowing yellow if they moved up to their enemy they would automatically throw them and i didn't yeah that, understand the point of that or that any, I, it was weird that was that is such a two-step thing and that like i that even like in regular fighting games i'd be like that's that's way too complex yeah it was it was a really unintuitive uh yeah just a really unintuitive thing the other big problem i had with those special states and maybe there are some that we didn't even notice or something but like um for the most part it seemed like as long as the glow was active, the effect was active. But there were some instances where that was not true. 
there were instances of like you landing a super on me and my character was like gl- was glowing white with invincibility as you comboed me. Huh. Yeah, I, and it's just sort of like what is hmm. Yeah, I don't I I, I didn't understand it. Like it's weird. Like it, it's one of those things you learn in normal like in other fighting games you just learn as you go. But it's usually just hmm. It's usually just like a passive thing. Like for example, like a, a white glowing guilty gear or blaze blue is like you instant blocked. Um mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, oh, well, you don't really need to know on a beginner level what that glow means. You just know what it did. Um, or, you know, while somebody is blocking will faultless defense. Like, even though they're glowing green, they're still blocking, so you know what's going on. But in this one, it was a bit like, okay, everybody has some different glows, and I guess I need to figure out what each glow means. And again, that's just, like, more additional information. Like, yeah, the game doesn't have a tutorial, and it seems like that would really help it out. Uh, it has it has a bit of a tutorial, but it doesn't really teach you all these mechanics. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, and, I, I, yeah, I think this game would definitely, on, on full release, need like a full-blown like tutorial that assumes that you have never held a controller in your hand. Like, that level of tutorial you need. If this is, like, mm. if, if you are marking yourself to beginner players, you just have to assume... This is the first time somebody has held a gamepad, not like stuff like, I don't know, like a SNK tutorial where it's just like, press forward, press back, hit with this, hit with the super, okay, you're ready. And like, no, you're not. You just yeah. went to move list and went in one ear and then went out the other. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, though, with the special states, um, for the most part, like the, um, especially the, the yellow pair, like auto throw state, I really just think sucks. Um, but like with the armor state and the invincibility state, that's actually, those actually were really helpful. I didn't love the aesthetics of them, but you know, again, early access. Um, but it was like, in, in regular fighting games, you sometimes get issues when you're getting used to a game or a character's moveset where, you know, like you do something and you're like, oh, that didn't work. Was that invincible? And you know, you're not, you're not sure because it's not obviously clear other than the result or like, oh, that has armor on it. And this is this communicates, I think, pretty well, which is yes, nice. Yes, I, I think, like, even though, like you said, it's not pretty, it gets the point across of what's going on. And I don't think it's like, oh, you should remove these states. They're obviously, like, a core part of the mechanic, and they supplement a lot of the moves. But just to get a point across, it is still a fairly complex thing in a game meant for, like, simplifying games, like simplifying game players. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, so this one is just my little, like, pet peeve. Um, the game has a, um, when you're selecting a character, you can press square to get a move list to pop out for your character, and it kind of looks like this Overwatch breakdown of, hey, here's what all of these moves do. And it's weird because it looks like the Overwatch move list, but it doesn't actually uh, work as elegantly as the Overwatch one, because if you play Overwatch um, and you look at the character's moves, it just tells you in general what it does. Like, oh, go back in time, dash forward, things like that. Uh, what it does in uh, Fantasy Strike is it tells you deals this, this much damage, invincible on this hit. Uh, like, it gives you all of these mechanical 
terminology, which, you know, if I'm playing and somebody tells me, uh, hey, what's the move list for a character, uh, and I look at it, like this is the first time I'm looking at the game, I wouldn't know the concept of, you know, like, invernable or, um, like, what is, like, is two damage good or bad? Is it better than the other thing? Should I use this more often than not? Like, things like that. Um, and it's really weird because even in complex fighting games, they don't really, like, tell you these things. Like, if you look at, I don't know, a Narxus or a Street Fighter fighting game, I don't recall the move list ever telling you how much damage you do uh, on particular moves or what the exact properties of it are, unless it's like, you know, oh, this move is fully invernable or something like that, or invernable to projectiles. Yeah. It's 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 a lot of info information to throw at you. Um, it, it'd be nice if there was like a version. Um, so this is this is pulling on on Dota, right? Yeah. But like in Dota, if you hover over a spell, it sort of gives you probably a little bit too much information. But it's Dota; it assumes you want too much information um, about how the spell works with this little pop up. And then if you hold Alt, it expands to reveal more and more detailed technical information. Yeah, I think that might be a good way to do it. It's sort of like, here's the basic, and then if you hold this key, it'll expand and be like, okay, let's get into the nitty gritty. Yes, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with that information being somewhere, and you know, if it's not in the game, then people will make a wiki and tell you how much damage something does. But if I'm trying to figure out at a glance what a character does, I need as minimal information as possible. Like, I just need to know how it works. Is it like, oh, he throws a cloud? Oh, you dash forward, press other buttons to uh, determine what move you end the dash with. Things like that. Like telling me, oh, press this to go into this, press this to go into this move, and press this to go into this move from a dash, I'd be like, wait, I, I already forgot it. I just started the match. I, it's already gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot to throw at someone at once. My biggest beef, probably, with the game, other than maybe the... um the old tech throwing, which it seems like they've they've fixed, however, is I really don't like the way they approached character. Like, I don't want to say character design, because that also implies, like, the art, and I'm not here to criticize the art, that's whatever, but, like, the... the fighting concepts for the characters, I just... I have I have beef there. Yep. So, I, I mentioned this earlier, that it feels like characters are ported over from other fighting games rather than this building up a character from the ground up. And, for example, when you say somebody, like, tell somebody, okay, this is this game's guile, you assume, oh, this is the equivalent of a defensive charge character in this game, right? That Like, that's what you assume. Uh, or when you say, oh, this is this game's Ken and Ryu, you assume, oh, these are the, like, basic characters for players. So, for example, you have, you know, Sol and Kai and Guilty Gear, and the, they are the, that game's Ken and Ryu, or you have, uh, in Blaze Blue, you have Ragna and Jin, and they're that game's uh, Ken and Ryu, and so on. Um, and you just, like, assume, okay, this is a simple character to get into, uh, but they have different rules than Ken and Ryu, they play differently, things like that. But then in this game... Is literally those characters ported over to some, uh, like some ridiculous extent. I'd even say, like actual yeah. moves having the same arc, timing, movement, or just straight up being the same move. I want to take a particular moment, and this is going to be sort of representative of the whole. But I want to kind of go deep on a character um, whose name is Geiger, who is basically this game's Guile, as you as you mentioned. Um, 
And I want to talk about how this game doesn't understand Guile. Um, so Geiger is, um, is, is based on Guile, and Guile is a charge character. That means he has to hold back or down, depending on the move, for some of his moves. He has to hold back and then hit forward for a sonic boom. He has to hold down and then hit up for a flash kick. Um, in Geiger, this is represented by a little cog icon that um, he doesn't have to hold back. It's just that if he hits forward, the, the cog hits result like resets to zero and will only start refilling when you stand still or walk backwards, right? Yeah. And there are a couple of problems with this. First off, that happens whether or not you actually move or not. Like, if you hit forward during an attack, and so you don't actually move, or when you're in the air and you're blocking or something, it still resets the cog meter. It obviously shouldn't do that. Um, Because the, then, at that point, you're not actually representing the mechanics of charge. You're representing the weird quirks of it, and that seems like that shouldn't be your design goal. Um, but the bigger problem is that it's all the forward charge, right? So obviously with flash, with um, Sonic Boom, that works just fine. That's how Sonic Boom works. You can't throw a Sonic Boom while walking forward. Though in some games, you can like input a dash and charge back during the dash and get a Sonic Boom off, and that's not represented. That's too bad. But the other thing is that you don't have any equivalent of the down charge. And so the thing about Flash Kick that has always made Flash Kick at least a little bit interesting is the fact that your opponent is jumping in on you and probably doing an attack, and your counter is to crouch, which is to leave yourself open to the overhead that they're doing. It is betting that your timing is going to be good, and you're right about what they're doing, and you will punish them. You're taking a risk to get a reward. Geiger is built around only ever playing defensive. And you can try and go aggressive with him, but his tool set and the way it's laid out simply encourages him purely to turtle, and it's real bad. Yeah, like, my, my kind of, like, beef will of this is that the, like, aside from, you know, the obvious Guile character, um, there's also issues like there's that panda character, which has mm-hmm. Faust moves, which gets a bit ridiculous because... So Faust and Guilty Gear can throw random items. And usually how that's used, like, that's rarely used as, like, a thing you rely on. That's used as uh, a thing you do in a combo, and then depending on the situation, you might change up how you're, like, you know, what you're going to do next based on the item that came out. Um, But in this game, it's like you press a button, you throw an item. Almost all the items except the Thundercloud, all of them are literally carbon copies of, like, the Faust's items. And it's not like, you know, oh, he throws he throws an item that heals. Oh, that's, like, that's very generic, you know, if you have that in a lot of games. Like, you even have that in the new Dragon Ball game. But he throws a miniature version, like a miniature panda, that panda that goes forward slowly and then hits the opponent, which is, like, the same as Faust, throw a mini Faust that walks forward slowly and then... There's throwing fireworks that then rain from the sky, which is the same as the meteor shower. And there's a lot of these moments in the game with other characters, like the ninja that has moved the same moves as Ibuki. And it's not like, oh, she's a ninja, she throws a kunai. It's more like she's a ninja and then she dashes forward and grabs a person and then 
hits them with a power fist point blank. It's like yeah, and the, and the blue circle spins out, and it's the exact same pose. And yeah, and it gets really weird. Like it's not like this layout of hey, they have similar move. Like like what other fighting games do is hey, he has a move similar to this guy from the other game because it covers the same space. But it's, it's not essentially that move. It has a different animation, it has different properties, it's used in a different way, but it's kind of like, oh, the general idea of a slow-moving projectile horizontally, fast-moving projectile horizontally, um, a shoryuken that goes upwards or diagonally and whatnot, like, that's fine. Like, those are, like, generic fighting game concepts, and because fighting games are about area control, obviously, different fighting games will have the same desire to control space but in this one it's just really blatant yeah and like i don't think mio drag or i like faust very much as a design um but even if we did putting faust in your you know newbie friendly fighting game is a pretty screwed up thing to do that character is really unintuitive and weird to get used to fighting he's based a lot on rng he can be really frustrating. He has a bunch of mechanics to learn about what items he pulls out and what they do. It's really not friendly at all. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a bit of a baffling decision to have that in the game. It's I I I, yeah. I just don't understand it. Like I I can, I can understand they probably you know want it's an indie game. They probably wanted to cut down costs and you know referencing. Um, animation and just recreating it is much better than trying to make like animation from zero it's it's cheaper and everything but i think it kind of cheapens the experience itself a bit and it also feels like you're trying to take something that worked in another game and putting into your game and that's I don't think that's a good idea. I think that shows a lot of confidence in your system. Like, you think that your your base system is so structurally sound that it can support, you know, Mugen-style porting over of anything from anywhere. But I don't think that's, like, a good idea. I think, like, what you want to do when you're doing something beginner-friendly. Because when I talk to people who don't play fighting games, they tell me they play things like, you know, Nidhogg, or other simpler stuff, like like Bushido Blade. I've had people tell me, oh yeah, I love the Bushido Blade, but I never played anything else. Or, you know, they play Tekken because Tekken is simple on, on a first glance. And it feels very weird to just, you know, have these more complex games, complex characters in your simple game. Like, it feels like, okay, the system is sound, why didn't you just make characters that are built from the ground up with that system in mind? When you hear people talk about, like, trying to watch fighting games who don't play them, right? And the things that they that drive them crazy is sort of talking about, like, I'm watching these characters and I don't even know what the hell they're doing, right? Yeah. And, like, why would you intentionally put a character like that in your newbie-friendly game? I just don't get it. Um, yeah, I, I understand and that. And there's... Either. there's. I would also I would also include the, um, the fish man that they just added, who's, like, a mix of uh, Dalsim and Fong from Street Fighter V. And I think his poison mechanics and also the way his, like, wave that throws a fish work and also his shield are all pretty unintuitive. Um, I don't know. I think it, I think they're overstepping yeah, it's, their, their concept a it's, bit. It's really weird because, like, it's a shield that damages the opponent, but only after you block. 
but it's represented as a bubble, and you'd assume a bubble enveloping you is a thing that's protecting you, so it's kind of like this weird messaging. And it also seems like, unless unless there's unless it was lag or me screwing up the input, which is possible, but it seemed like you couldn't do it on reaction. You had to have it ready in advance, which is sort of like, hey, I've got my bubble out, you should probably not hit me right now. Yeah. It seems useless. Yeah, that just seems useless to me as well. Like, why would you announce, hey, I'm I'm blocking, please, please attack me now. I I just go in and throw you or something like that. It's it's kinda like like Street Fighter V's new Ryu V skill, where he's like, Oh, my parries are now stronger and he's glowing and it's like, Oh, okay, I guess you're gonna try and parry me now because yeah. You know, you have a limited time to get super parries. Yeah, having having a power that is just a declaration of intent is is kind of against what makes fighting games good and the uh the Yomi uh that is therein. So, yeah. So I guess we can like like slowly wrap this up. I I I'd say my yeah. cl- closing thoughts for this game are the I think if your own, absolutely if your only barrier to enjoying fighting games was the input, if you can handle everything else except the actual mechanical input, then yes, you would probably get enjoyment out of this game. And we did get some enjoyment out of it, like we were playing stream, like we were playing actual matches, we weren't just messing about, we were, you know, trying to win, trying to, like, figure out what the good strategy is, how to use a character, like we were trying our best. Um, but I think that if fighting games just seem overwhelming to you, like on on this like like fundamental level, like like fighting games just overwhelm you with information and with like complex inputs and just everything in a package, I don't think this is necessarily a good solution. I don't think like that this is fully beginner friendly. I say this is, I say this is an accessible game. I say like like it is a, like like, mechanically in terms of like. Actually, like like doing mechanically like inputs, like in that sense, it is a very accessible game. But it still has the burden, like the burden of knowledge that just like this assortment of mechanics that fighting games suffer from. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'd recommend as an alternative to this. That's what kind of annoys me the most because the main problem with every fighting game so far, even those that say, "Oh, we're gonna be you know beginner friendly," is that they assume that you play fighting games. Like, every every fighting game right now on the market assumes that you have played fighting games and it's made for people who still play fighting games. It's it's basically like they have the same attitude that first-person shooters have. Like, we assume you've played a first-person shooter, but they don't have the mainstream outreach of a first-person shooter, so people who don't play them can't get in. Well, I have great news, because I know exactly what I would recommend. Um, and that's, that's, I think, my most positive takeaway from all this is the thinking it's made me do about all the games that I think are way more accessible um, and and more achieve their goals. So I think if you're looking for something that is a lot like Fantasy Strike, but just a little more successful, I think Rising Thunder, which was just re-released um, as, as like so open source, you can get it for free. There are community-run servers. You can just download Rising Thunder. It is very much the same ideas. It is very much the, like, your specials are just a button that you hit. The character archetypes are very straightforward, but it's really well executed, and it's a great game. Um, but that is on the more complex end. If you want something a little more simple, but sort of represents concepts of, like, spacing and normals and things like that, I think Nidhogg is a great one to go to. 
uh, that does a great job of sort of showing you, like, it doesn't seem on its face like it's that much like a normal fighting game, but the way spacing and, and sort of positioning works in that game is is how spacing works, and it will teach you that. And then if you're willing to just want the, the thrill of a fighting game, but a little more detached from the mechanics, I think that Lethal League is a fantastic game that's really easy to play, really fun, and gets that that joy of, of competition and one-on-one uh, you know, not quite combat, but, you know, pitting yourself against someone, though it isn't uh, mechanically as similar. So, I also want, really want to check out, um, there was a person who uh, us, hit us up on Twitter after the streams to uh, recommend a game to us. Pocket Fighter? Second. Yes, uh, Pocket Fighter, which I really want to uh, look more into. But, like, the space isn't isn't completely unexplored. There are other other developers, other games that are trying some of this stuff out, and that's exciting. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, those are good recommendations. I, we actually do need to cover Rising Thunder as well because I missed it before it was shut down, but now it's back. So we should probably check yeah. that out. Yeah, it's a good game. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for today's episode. All right. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. Um, if you wanna, uh, we'll do we'll do some quick plugs. Um, I uh, I write for I write and do podcasts for Scanline Media. If you want to check out some more of that stuff, you can go to scanlinemedia.com or you can go to our Patreon, which is Patreon.com/scanlinemedia. We have a an anime podcast these days that is for for some, for patrons, and so you you you're up there and you get access to our weekly anime show. Um, we we'd love your support. Yeah. And you can hit me up on Twitter at MDKII, that's MDK Roman numerals 2. Um, stuff that I do outside of that, you can check me out on twitch.tv slash realsovietbear. Um, and also, I would like to mention, in addition to this podcast, uh, this episode when it's up on YouTube, uh, there will also be an accompanying video of the stream where we played Fantasy Strike. So if you're not sure exactly what we met here you can also like watch a stream uh as well and that will probably give you extra info you can watch us be baffled about that yellow auto throw state in real time exactly thanks so much folks we'll see you next month bye